Yes, it is one o'clock on the East Coast. Just breaking over the last hour or so. Knicks going for it. Made a huge trade with the Pistons of Detroit. Bringing back a guy that played for the Knicks a couple of years ago. Bringing back a big man. Giving up Grimes, a couple people, draft pick. Fournier, get his $19 million contract out. Expiring contract. Knicks are all in. They're and all I in. like what they're doing. By the way, the Rangers won last night in very workmanlike fashion. Uh, Tampa Bay, very good team. Rangers basically sort of made short work of them 3-1. Listen, and the listener and the viewer is going to get excited in the next few weeks. You're going to kind of morph into kind of a Yankee always, baseball always sort of the Yankee baseball. sort of thing, too. So we're going to have all of that going on. You, which much to this, Amanda's chagrin. This is, um, it's market call. It's 1 o'clock on the East Coast. Yeah, Carter Braxton Worth will be joining yes, us. He will just in and a few if minutes. it's Thursday, it's Butters. Bitch, all right. Yes, it is. So he, so yeah. Butters is not here, but he's here. Can you imagine? We're going to be down at, at I the, won't at do the, that at the there. fact set focus. Although event, I should actually down in Miami, they have not had one since before the pandemic, yeah, eighteen and, or nineteen, and, and they're going to have a lot of people down there, a yeah. lot of users. And you and I are going to be up there. We're going to be up on the stage. We're going to be doing a bunch of stuff. We're going to be doing market call live sure. from there for a couple of days. Liz Young's going to be joining Elizabeth us. Elizabeth Young. Yeah. And Butter's name's just going to come up. I 100%. mean, he's going to be on with us. And I think a lot of those Depends. folks, you know what, they're going to be waiting for it. Can guys. I tell you something? I'm yeah. going to feel out the crowd. Yeah. Because if I feel that crowd is up for it, I'll drop a Butter's bitch. Well, let's see. Maybe but, we have to clear it with our with our folks there. Our well, friend, I, you know, you got you got to feel the room. All right. Let's take a look at the rundown. I mean, this is like a very networky thing. Amanda loves stuff like this. S&P 5,000 watch because why not? Why not? I mean, it got there yesterday. Just, you know, we just got off our fast money call at 1230 and there was Diaz. There was a 5,000 watch call, by the way. Strong arm earnings. That's good. I I see what she did there. So when they, when they went public, we had Rick Heitzman on fast money. Yeah, we did. And I asked Rick about, you know, in terms of valuation, I think in terms of, basically sales to where it was, you know, yeah, every metric, like 20 something yeah. times sales. I said, he, and he was not at all daunted by that. So Rick was spot on as usual. Yeah. And the sickest stat ever. Ooh, you know where that's coming from? That's the Edmonton Oilers who just rattled off like right. 16 games and in a row it's coming before they from, lost. from Doug Cass over there at Seabreeze. Yeah. Who we, writes Doug Cass money. watches every day. He sent us this. I actually almost fell out of my chair, guy. Down. Well, it's it's good. We're I think get it is. To it it is get pretty incredible, as the French say. En français, uh, we we have a little uh, tweet from this guy. All right, well, here's the thing. Oh, you don't want to look at? I don't tweet? know this, Jason. Like, I here's don't the know thing. what he does. I don't know what he does. But I like his tweets. We've yeah. actually had three of his tweets on Market Call. This is Jason Goatfurt. Mm-hmm. Goatfurt. Goatfurt. Um, look at this stat guy. Is the SP. Closes above forty nine fifty eight, which it has on Friday, or which it will. It, it it's going certainly to match seems the best fifteen week stretch in history for the S. History is a long time. History is a long time, and you know this actually speaks to what. Well, we're going to talk about David Einhorn, I'm sure, but you know one of the things that we've said for a while yeah. in the era of passive investing and all these quant funds and stuff, they basically price discovery is no longer. I mean, passive investing yeah. is effectively sort of muddled muddled up the works a little bit and he's right but you know what 
If you're long stocks, it doesn't matter the reasons why. Here we are, Dan, Nathan. Yeah, and listen, you know, it, it seems like there's a level of euphoria that's going on right now. You know, pull up an RL. Um, this is a Ralph Lauren. You know, this is a stock that was kind of stuck in the mud for a while here. You know, it kind of worked its way back to a multi-year high. Um, they report earnings and guidance. And the stock is not like a normal gap. This is just like, this is just a blowout. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, and we've seen this, you know, again and again and again. And we'll get caught take on this because he often you know really I, I think brings it down um to a level that I, I, at least i can understand if you're thinking about you know how many of these stocks are making these sorts of moves in, in in such a short period of time there's only one way for them to go and and you know the best example of this and maybe we can just pull up not the chart that we we made before but just a live nvidia chart here going back a year you know after that may gap I mean, the stock consolidated between, you know, $400 and $500. So it was underperforming, you know what I mean, the major mm -hmm. indices and the SMH and, and all that sort of stuff. And it wasn't until this recent move where it really started helping out. And when it started to help out, it did so in a meaningful way. Whatever the S&P is up on the year, what is it, 3.5%? Oh, geez. Probably 5%. It's close now. to 5% right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a good, that's a good chunk of it there, guy. 100%. And, yeah. you know, it's interesting. You say only one place to go when you have a gap. And as you're pointing out, we had the same exact gap back back in what May of last year in Nvidia. Yeah. When it when you could have said, well, I mean, that's the gap it has no place to go but down, and it's only. But that's gone the point, up. though. Yeah. But, but but it did consolidate for, for six while. months. Well, but that's the point. I mean, like to me, and you know, an RL that market cap doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But we'll we'll hit Carter on that. Um. Well, why don't we do it? Why don't we just bring Carter Brax in the wings of worth charging here? He has here. a tie on. In the wings, man. What's up, Mario? Um, well, a little bit about the all right. So you look at on a weekly basis thousands of charts, right? That's thousands. that's the yeah, that's the idea. Trying to cover as much ground as possible because most of the ground is not fertile, boring. Yeah, bear twos, bear twos, bear twos, no yeah, yeah, But give us a sense, just and this could be totally anecdotally, okay? Without it could be qualitatively, like the 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 RL gap that we just showed you, right? Like the. Are, are you just are, are you being uh, like a little inundated by those sorts of moves right now? Um, and, and like the snaps on the flip side of that, which was down 35 percent yesterday, you know, that's kind of few and far between. Are you seeing a lot of these in your work right now? Yeah, I mean, and, and it happens every quarter. The truth is there's no higher frequency this quarter than any quarter. You're always I mean, if we pulled up an APD, for instance, let's do that chart. Um, air products and chemicals are major. Okay, you get a gap and drop. You get a, you get one like in snap. So, what it, it speaks to this because this is the main thing. It's it's the futility of 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 determining um, what something is worth. So the only way you get a gap like this outside of oh we're restating our accounting we've been cooking the books or the chairman's been indicted. Okay, we know what that kind of, or FDA approval for a drug. Everyone's living instead of dying. Those are obviously gaps that are based on some, but when it's simply an earnings, every 90 days you report your results and the stock drops and gaps 10, 15, 20% or surges 10, 15, 20% like ARM, what does that mean? It means that the result was so much better or so much worse than very smart people could figure out. So the average stock has about 20, um, average S&P stock about 20 analysts covering it, 20. Yeah. So that means these aren't just people, oh, as a hobby. These are people who are highly dedicated, highly educated. So that is to say they have 
degrees from prominent schools, typically in order to work at Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley or Deutsche Bank or Credit Suisse. And then what do they do with those degrees? They get certifications after the MBA. Then they get a CFA or a CMT or, or a CPA. Then they apply all that knowledge and they study a company like Ralph Lauren. That means you studied Coach and Urban Outfitters and you studied uh, uh, Footlock. You studied the consumer trends, disposable income. You studied uh, payrolls. And they collectively come to a conclusion about what the earnings will be. And it's hopeless. This Amazing. reason I went to charts, I started as a fundamental analyst. It's not doable. It's a, but so here's the, thing, the point Art. of a gap is you can only gap when the results are so far above or below what a lot of experts right, thought but, it was going to be. But that's a great point. But here's the problem with ARM. They're not so far above. Like, 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 so that's the thing. And this is where I think some of that, guys, so I need your take on this, mm -hmm. okay? Let's pull that ARM chart back up, okay? This stock in September of last year went public at $51, okay? The stock is trading up nearly Fifty-one dollars today. Okay, so just do that math. I can it's do six, that. Sixty billion dollars in market cap, and to your point about valuation back then, people thought it was a little nuts. All right, I just want to tell you about the beat. This is a note from Jeffrey's trading desk. Okay, so it's up sixty percent on this guy. It said a very strong print, but received pushback when ARM was up forty percent at some point last evening. Okay, so the fiscal three quarter licensing beat by thirteen percent after management de-risked on the second quarter call. So that means they basically took down guidance on mm -hmm. the last quarter. So they beat that lower guidance. Okay, while the fiscal third quarter royalty revenues beat by five percent. ARM also boosted fiscal year guide to $3.16 billion to $3.21 billion. Let's call it $3.2, a 5% hike at the midpoint. Right. So, like, that is not an eye-popping beat, guys. So it speaks to what I think is something really freaking weird going on in the market. Well, right and now. then they gave 25 guidance where they said revenue is going to be about $3.9 billion, which is up. You know, 24% year. Now, let's just break this down yeah. first. So let's call it $4 billion, okay? Yeah. This is a company that for the last three years prior did about anywhere from 3 to $3.2 billion a year. So pretty flat revenue, right? Right now, last I looked, I think this is $123 billion market cap. You can make it four, 120 divided by four. You can start to do the math. I mean, it's an astronomical yeah. price, to, price to revenue. So if it... Listen, but if that doesn't matter anymore, if none of this matters, as you say, have at it. But I am telling you, you the growth to get to where it should be, call it eight times revenue, maybe that's reasonable. Yeah. You tell me where well, it has for, to go. For a semi-stock too. Um, okay, this was going anyway. on in our chat as we were trying to kind of build like the things that we're going to talk about. I pulled up an S&P chart. Um, I put a little uh, you know, trend channel there. Maybe those uh, are... Peeps can throw it up there. Um, I've seen this on the social web here. This is one of the things giving some folks, you know, kind of reason to continue to think that we can kind of push through five thousand. Um, Carter, when you see that, you 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 chose to 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 do look at some different time frames and some different lines. Let's let's look at the note that you just put out on worth charting. Just hit my inbox here. Um, S and P uh, sequencing here. Sure. So if we look at the chart that's on the screen, what we're discussing, right, is and what we're looking at, and what your uh, green uh, channel annotates is the October, February, October to present advance, right? It's an advance. That's clear. Now let's put it in context um, in the market. So if we have our first chart of the S&P, so this is the S&P, its peak 
in the first days of 2022. We see the 27% sell-off to the lows of October of 2023. And then here we are now. So the first thing that my eye sees is the following, that these are very, we can flash that for fun. These are very distinct. That's what sequencing is all about. Those are very distinct intermediate advances. One's 20%, one's 21, one's 22, plus or minus. Let's also put in a channel. So the, the, the point is that we're at a level where it doesn't mean it's not a magic trick. It doesn't have to stop here, but it would be characterized as a mature intermediate advance. Let's put them together and then let's end it with uh, some arrows. So the, does it have to stop at the red arrow? One could say that's all just nothing. Um, maybe uh, 5,000 was a magnet. People believe in that kind of thing, which is absurd. And it goes to 5,500. That's the next magnet. But what it really it gets down to were um, the great custodians of wealth, meaning uh, mutual fund managers and pension plans and big endowments that are handling the life savings of uh, many of Americans. Is this a time to be increasing exposure to equities as a general proposition or to be pulling in one's horns? I, I think surely it's the latter. Uh, not a popular view right now, but um, that's my thinking. No, you know, I'm with you and I've been with you for a while. And it, each day it's seemingly, you know, the level of frustration that I feel given this sort of the levitation in the market on a daily basis is extraordinary in a word. But, you know, this chart speaks for itself. You didn't make up the lines, but something that has not participated comes in the form of the Russell and Lizanne Saunders, who was on our podcast, I don't know, four or five weeks ago. I lose track of time. She's pointing out the following. Guess what there, uh, sports fans? The Russell's still in a bit of bear market here and has not participated at all in the broader market rally. And, you know, again, if you believe, as I do, that these are the most economically sensitive names, understanding that small and mid-cap <clears throat> banks are a large portion of this, even with that said, I mean, there's no participation here, Dan. Yeah, and it's interesting because where we're seeing just like levels of euphoria in, in all different sectors now, it seems to be of spreading from the tech space, right? So we saw the gaps last week, um, you know, in Meta and, and, and a few others the week before was in Netflix, right? So now we're just kind of seeing it like we just highlighted that RL. We saw, you know, uh, you know a few other things in, in the last week or so. But, you know, the KRE, the regional banks, they mm -hmm. act poorly. We've been talking about that now, right? And so, you know, you you just made the connection between, you know, the Russell 2000, small caps and, and some of the regionals and the like here. So, you know, this is one where I, I guess you just got to keep an eye on. That was a chart that we used yesterday. Um, and, you know, it's broken that uptrend from the fall lows here. And let's see if this is going to be followed by some news. And I think, Carter, you're, um, you know, you, you've been doing this a long time. You've been looking at uh, gazillions of charts over, over your career. Usually when you have the sorts of breakdowns that like this looks like if it was a single stock, you would expect some news to follow. Is that correct, sir? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things in conflict here. We know that um, anything that makes a turn, as it did, a bearish to bullish reversal, that then checks back to a to the penny, to its rising 150-day moving average, is a sell-off to a level of support. That's the positive or constructive thing, where rebound potential is high. The negative, not depicted in this chart, is that it was on heavy volume um, in the KRE because of the NYCB um, drop and gap. My hunch is it stabilizes here. And in fact, what's interesting is I would sell volatility. No one will do that kind of thing. But uh, 
to my eyes, selling the 50 calls only going out a week or two is money good. The fact that this is going to bounce to 50 seems right. And everyone's position that's about to plunge again. And I bet there's some really good premium in the 44s and that kind of thing. My sense is to strangle it here. And while fear is high, hopes are high, and watch the thing just decay. A road away. The bet here, yeah. obviously, if you're with Carter, is that there's not going to be any more tape bombs in terms of some of these. You know, you got to think that the New York Community Bank, it's not necessarily a one-off, but it's a one-off for the foreseeable future. Let's call it three or four weeks. So, you know, you sell that premium and erodes to your favor and you sort of come away unscathed. I do I do think there's more tape bombs to come in this sector. The real question comes down to timing, Dan. Yeah, and, and again, you know, Carter has actually put a lot of thoughtful notes out over the last couple of weeks um, following a lot of the earnings reports with some of these companies with those big gaps, and he's been talking about selling ball, um, whether you're long those stocks and looking for a way to kind of take in some premium post-move. And really what he's talking about is playing for um, consolidations. And if that's the sort of thing that, that, um, that floats your boat, um, it makes perfect sense. It's a good way to make money. Even in a low vol environment, we spent a lot of time talking about a 13 VIX. A lot of these single names, you know what I mean, where expectations are really high and movement or expectation for movement is really high. It gives you some opportunities to take in some premium. Really quickly here, um, you know, we detailed starting the week a, a collar trade idea, selling an out of the money call and using the proceeds to buy uh, an out of the money put in, in NVIDIA. If you're long, is a way to protect, but obviously leave some room to the upside. I think the stock was around 685, 690 when we detailed that a few days ago. Stock just hit um, 700 bucks. So mm -hmm. closed yesterday at an all time high. It's really doing its best um, to continue those gains. I mean, again, you know, we just will continue to talk about it. $850 billion in market <clears throat> cap, nearly. 1 trillion people um, since January 3rd or so. We don't have to get into much more of that, but this was the sickest stat ever that Doug Cass um, sent us. And I think he's using some uh, some data from Charlie Bolello um, guy, just really quickly. So NVIDIA versus the XLE, most insane stat in history. The schism between the markets haves, the mag seven and the have nots um, has likely been exaggerated by market structure as today. We can talk a little bit about market structure, but you see the point here. It's all up there. You get the point. I mean, this NVIDIA is greater than the entire, the entire energy complex. And we know that Exxon and Chevron, which in, in probably not too too many years past, maybe 20 years ago, guy, Exxon was uh, easily one of the top yeah. you know, stocks in the entire stock market. When you see data like this, what does this make you think? Well, people think there's this new paradigm, like there's this whole total addressable market you hear a lot about. And we're in this new age and the semis has three to five years to run in the AI before it becomes a bubble. And I, maybe that's true. I don't know. But you know, $1.7 trillion on maybe they do next year close to $100 billion. You know, you're talking about, again, 17 times revenue, which historically has been expensive. Now, people will say, guy, they're growing into that valuation. Conversely, I've seen a lot of stuff about NVIDIA over the last week or so that I have not been able to sort of come to grips with, so I want to throw it out there. But there are a lot of people concerned about some of the, some of the groups that they sell into and some mm -hmm. of the way things are accounted for. Yeah, I'll just put well, that we, out there. We talked a, a bit about that on the show. There was a, um, a Sandeep uh, Gupta. Mm -hmm. He's a, a credit analyst over at Barclays. He put a note out, said sell NVIDIA. We talked about it earlier in the week. So maybe we'll just kind of put that in the show notes too to take another look at it. Carter, when you see so, this sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with I, I, Yeah, I mean, look, it, these are, not, it, it's obviously great research. It's, it's more sort of data mining, right? Um, it, it's a little bit of um, just, fun facts, so to speak, meaning just to put this in context. So we know that that um, 
that the consumer staples sector is 6%. And we know that Microsoft is 6.6. So think about that. Microsoft itself is more than Procter & Gamble and Costco and Pepsi and Coke and Walmart and Philip Morris and Mondelez and Colgate and Target and Monster and Kimberly Clark diapers and General Mills and Kraft. I mean, you can always find this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying it's bad or good. We are a very concentrated market. And one could say, yeah, and those big boring companies, including Walmart and Colgate and Philip Morris and Procter and & Coke and diapers and, and ketchup, who cares? They're boring and Microsoft is worth more. But we know where when we get this kind of phenomenon, whether it's that NVIDIA is worth more than the entire energy sector or that Microsoft is worth more than the entire consumer staples, everything you see in the supermarket, um, it, it's the it's the situation we're in. Uh, at some point, it gets it gets corrected. It's not well, corrected. at some point. So, Guy, but but listen, we've all been doing this. I started in, in 1997. You started in 1987. Carter, you started around the same time. Yeah. As long as we've all been in the business, every period of euphoria that was based on some sort of secular shift, some sort of macro sort of combination of this and that, you know, whether it was low rates plus this new technology, the convergence of cloud and mobile and blah, blah, they all like manifest themselves in the market at this moment. And sometimes they can go much longer than we all expect. Right. But they all correct themselves. Like that's kind of the point. And so, you know, like people will look at us and say, ah, a bunch of bears, you know, this and that, whatever. But like, listen, if you want the cheerleader program, you know where to go. I mean, they're, they're actually, mm -hmm. they're, they're predominantly, the, that's the programming as it relates to markets, as it relates to the economy, as it relates to the combination of the two. And I learned this really early in my career is that to understand um, uh, like how a bullish trade will work, you better understand how the bear case of right. that situation works. So, you know, like I think this exercise that we do every day and we show up and we, you know, admit when we're wrong and we're right plenty of time, I think it's, it's a useful endeavor, but make no mistake about it. This AI thing will correct itself, at least in the markets. You know what I mean? As, as basically people get a better sense, they smooth out how it actually is going to work its way into different parts of the economy and how different companies are going to be able to monetize well, it. Well, that you just hit the nail on the head, how different companies are be able to monetize it, one. And then obviously with, with a great total addressable market, what happens historically? You get great competition when you have great competition, regardless of what head start you seemingly have, prices start to come down. You have yeah. margin contraction. So, I mean, that's just the way the cycles work. So we'll see. NVIDIA reports, I think, on the 21st. You, you know, that'll be... I'm always excited. We're going to have to have a lot. special programming that day. No, but wait, well, can they, can they pull up Google for one second? Because this is one I think it's worth talking about, Guy. Okay, so when we talk about how different companies are going to monetize these products after this extraordinary spend and the mm -hmm. like. So this stock was trading at a new 52-week high. Okay, this is about two weeks ago, heading into its print. Okay, actually, I think it might have made a new matched high. Okay. I think the prior high was in November of 2021, yeah. like 150-ish. So the company disappoints. and gaps down okay and then it continues to go lower but then when everything gets back on its horse you know what mm -hmm. i mean because of the meta earnings and the like this thing you know catches a little steam it's starting to fill in the gap this morning they rebrand their bard to gemini this is the competitor to chat gpt this is the thing that one of the reasons why this stock has massively underperformed let's say microsoft and the like but go back and look at three and a half months ago remember that gap mm -hmm. they missed and got it down you know, but the stock went and made a new high and then it made a new all-time high. It's the same high. thing. So it's the same thing. But today, 
like people are like like underwhelmed by that product that they just reintroduced that they've actually now had three really bad intros of this large language model. So guy, my point is is like this is just euphoria working its way into everything that actually is touching this sort of space and we've been here before. We know how it ends. What's funny is if you're not enthusiastic on your calls and you know Google, you can make an argument that they have one of the biggest moats out there. And they have one of the most reasonable valuations out there. But it clearly, people want to be in those types of names. They want to be in names that you can get a 2 to 4% move seemingly on a daily basis. Google's not that name. Of course, when things do go pear-shaped, people are going to be running, I think, yeah. for names like Google, which they can rationalize valuation. So, Carter, you don't care about the fundamentals, as you call them. You mm -hmm. look at this thing. It's obviously been consolidating you know, fairly decent. You see your 150-day moving average. It served as some pretty decent support. If you don't care, let's say, about the fundamentals, it's cheap relative to this one, or this product cycle is going to be this versus that, what are those two gaps, the one from a week and a half ago and then the one from three months ago, what do they say to you? And I'm just curious how you're just eyeballing this chart right here. Yeah. I mean, the key is you can feel that it's it's lost its torque, right? There's It's, it's lackluster and its relative performance is quite poor, not only to the S&P, but more importantly, to the QQQ. And then uh, you also have bearish price volume correlation, the dropping and gapping. Um, it's not an exciting thing. And to be fair, it doesn't feel like it's going to roll hard and fall out of bed. This is uh, also something I would say goes into the pair of twos category, a very low odds hand of winning. What has not been a pair of twos since last quarter has been Disney, which you know maybe it was a king ace suited last <laughs> quarter. And we actually talked about it on Fast Money. We thought, okay, you know what? That might have been it. You sort of matched the low in from early October. It felt as if they got some of the things out of the way, and I thought it was setting itself up to go somewhere between 98 and 100. I didn't think it was going 115, but here we are. You've been bullish as well. I think you want to remain bullish of uh, Disney at these levels. Yeah, I mean, now, to be fair, this is a perfect instance where I would do what, again, I, yeah, all my life people said, we do not sell naked premium, Carter. I understand that. Uh, but, you know, individuals can do whatever they want. They're individuals who made great fortunes in the dot-com and lost it. Some made great fortunes in the dot-com and kept it. Mark Cuban. <laughs> I mean, you know, so you can do whatever you want. But I, in this instance, when something's pumped up like this, like I would sell premium. I would sell the 112s, the 115 calls. Now, the um, the risk is people say, well, you're naked. What if it goes to 190? What if it gets bought out? Okay, let's let's eliminate that. It is not going to get bought out. Okay, so that's off the table. Um, now, one prefers to sell a credit, so we're maybe sell the the one fifteens uh, and then buy the one twenties. I guess that's cautious, but I would sell naked something higher, one twelve, one fourteen. You pick it, and then also you can sell the one oh five puts. If this stock is going to drop and give that all back, what you're saying is that people put limit orders out, go till cans all the time. You're willing to buy the stock at one oh five plus the premium you took in. Are you willing to buy the stock at one oh two? It's trading at 111. I would think so. That's the kind of thing I would do. But either way, it's a little overdone. If you're just a long-only player, trim, reduce, take some measures.
Well, like, listen, and I think going forward, as we think about options here too, and we're going to be doing more of them with a partner, um, you know, we're really going to be talking about options trading versus let's say long positions or versus short positions. And, 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 you know, the, the, the shorting vol, whether you're doing it through, you know, strangles or, or straddles, there's other ways, you know, to do it where you're covered. Um, you know, um, you know, th there's a whole host of, I, I listen, as long as I've been in the options game and, 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 and speaking to retail about it, I started doing options action back in 09. I just like really want to be careful with the idea of, of naked calls um, and naked puts because a lot of folks think that they, you know, have a handle on the, the sort of, you know, margin that they need to do that sort of thing. But it's like when you have that stock gapping up and we are in a market where stocks are gapping up 20, 30% and they don't know what to do in those situations. You know what I'm sure. saying? So like, I, I, I'm just really, I'm just really careful about it. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to make that point. And so, so what I would say as an iteration of what Carter just said, if you're long Disney and the stock is gone from 90 to 115 and you still want to hold on to it, because this is one of those stocks that we've heard a thousand times in our careers. Well, I hold that for my grandkids. Mm -hmm. Well, then maybe sell some calls against it. Take in that premium. It right. sets up a little buffer to the downside. Right. You take in some. That's I just want to be clear. Like, that's the way. Sure. And, in, and also to add to what. Dan saying is so again just trim can the only time we do this is when we have you never would you sell a naked call on Ralph Lauren no why get bought out right on a yeah. biotech stock never Disney is not going to get bought you say how do you know let's take that to Vegas and see what the odds makers say the odds of it being bought out are, are very low and the odds of it continuing higher when you're this far above the 150 moving average are, are, are low, but also that's the point why you're selling premium above at 114, 115. Yeah. At that point, it would be farther above the 150 day moving average at any point in the past five years. Uh, it's, you have to pick your stocks. They got to be large, never to be bought out. Uh, yes. And then um, take your chances. Yeah. You, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say quickly, you brought some interesting charts on Nike and these are going way back. So you obviously have a view here. So let's run through your Nike charts and view. Yeah, I mean, okay, one of the great champions, literally, of all times. Uh, it came out at $25 a share back in 1980 and it split adjusted. That's about 15 cents. Take a look at, of course, this uh, all data chart. Let's put a trend line in, an epic, and it, it's starting to breach, break down. Um, does it mean it has to go lower? No, but let's put some more lines on. Uh, that's one way to draw them. If we zero in and look at this on a short term, it's a topping out formation. And then the short term lines in the same chart, it's just, mm -hmm. it doesn't act well as the, the relative strength is poor. We can do another iteration. And then finally, look at the relative uh, performance. Uh, this is Nike's performance, making new 52 week lows day after day, week after week. Basically, the market has recovered substantially from its sell off of 2022. Nike has not. This is one of those names off cycle. I think they report like the middle of March or something. So you have a lot of time into earnings. Obviously, there's a huge China aspect to Nike as well. Valuation, eh, it's been rich. It's been sort of market valuation. Right now, I would consider it sort of middle of the road. So it's not a valuation call. But to Carter's point, Dan, this is not traded particularly well for quite some time. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about it on that long term basis. And then looking at the relative strength too, because um, again, you know, you can look at a short term chart, you can make whatever kind of um, decision that you want about the technicals and, and how it's acting relative to some of its peers. And some of its peers are acting pretty decently. If you look mm -hmm. at like a, a Lulu um, and the like. So um, yeah, this one feels like a bit of a press. But by the same token, you know, when this stock was at $90, 
dollars, and it had that big earnings gap. This mm-hmm. is in late September. Up to one twenty two. I, I think. mean, yeah, and 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 why? You know, like so. Um, again, it looks like you had a little bounce off that hundred dollar level. Maybe it sets up good um, as a, a little bit of a, a short. Uh, maybe it's puts put spreads or something like that. Let's look at this one, guy. I think it was on Tuesday. I think it was your final call on CNBC's Fast Money. It was Win Resorts. You said the stocks had a nice little run mm-hmm. into the print. I said I they're think, probably going to fast fire me tomorrow. No, but you said I think you stick with this one. I, you know, it's a, I was paying attention there on yeah, that one. Yeah, cheapest thing you can do. So you're you're getting a little bit of a move here. Um, it looks like obviously a lot of exposure over there um, in Macau. Macau numbers weren't great actually, but you know what? It weren't as bad as people thought. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. And margins were better than expected, so that was a good sign. And it's still relatively cheap in terms of where it's been historically. I think for a while that it's had room. Look, I thought it could get back to sort of 115 or so. And that was a, that was the high. I think we saw, I want to say, in March of last year. And that's within a whisper of where we are. It's not whisker. It's whisper. Whisper. So 115-ish, I think you pull the ripcord. But I still think you stay with win here. All right, Carter. So we could have drawn a downtrend line that's been in place on the one year, just gapped mm-hmm. above that, right? But look at this chart going back, I think, seven or eight years. This is a log chart. Um, what does this say to you? Is this a spot where it could find some resistance? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a case where I would uh, look. It's a group thing, right? We know that uh, LVS is also starting to turn and so forth. Uh, DraftKings. My hunch is to retain longs, but in a smaller uh, spot. So mm-hmm. I'd reduce longs, trimming, or in this instance, a perfect instance where I would sell uh, calls, just the calls. Yeah. All right. A couple things before we get out of here. I just want to hit another name that's actually not performing well. It's a name that we've talked about a little bit over the last month or so. There's a new CEO at PayPal. They had um, a bit of a product day uh, a few weeks ago. People- By the way, I mean, he a week before they said, we're going to say shock and awe yeah, or something. Yeah, it was their, like their AI day. And, and it was, it that's was, a Johnson move. Yeah, it was a Johnson move. Didn't go over particularly well. And, you know, the quarter that they just reported was fine. They guided down for the year. The guide wasn't disaster. I mean, this thing is probably sadly going back to 50. Um, it's a cheap stock. They're going to probably have another a new CEO in the not so distant future um, if this continues this way. But I just wanted to highlight that one because here's one that, you know, this stock is down 80 some percent from its 2021 highs. It's cheap. Um, it's not growing particularly fast um, by any means. But at some point this year, I think the expectations are going to come down low enough and it probably fits into kind of a value fintech area, but it's not there yet. All right. Last one before we get out of here. I don't know if you guys know this. I mean, guy is Oh, well, before we get out of the earnings segment, mm. we do have a very important. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, I know um, we wanted to get Thursday. Carter's take on Pinterest because not only is guy blowing up on the Insta, he's guy dot adopter. I was early adapter in Pinterest, by the way. Uh, yeah, you adapter adopter. It's like the adopter. Yeah, adapter. adopter. So um, this is back adapter, in, adopter, adopter. in November of 2013. Twitter had just gone public. You just mentioned our friend Rick Heitzman. Yep. Uh, from First Mark Capital, who's a VC, is an early stage tech investor. And he came on the show. I think you and I both met him that day uh, for the yep. first time. Um, and the question that Mel asked him is, what is the next internet stock to go public? It was Pinterest. And, you know, the crack staff, as you call them up at EC, that would mm-hmm. be Englewood Cliffs, mm-hmm. they made Guy a Pinterest page. It's still out there. The pictures are that old. 11 years. It's a great, it's Maybe a great a man page. Can I, mean, find I don't know them. if a man can find it. Guy Adami Pinterest. But let's, go to let's, Google let's talk about this because this is one where, you know, listen, there's been a couple of decent 
quarters in a row. Um, we know this is predominantly ad supported. Um, you know, we saw two very different reports, one from Meta, one from Snap over the last um, week or so. The stocks had this big rally. The implied move is 13 and a half percent or so in either direction. Carter, when you just think about you know, the movement that we've seen and some of these ad supported names, some of the commentary that we've seen from some digital ad sp in the space talking about the war and how it's weighing on some consumer behavior and ads. Like you look at this sort of move and you look at that implied move. Okay. What do you say here? We're not actually, I'm just curious. Like when you look at this, there's a one year, maybe they'll flash up a five year or two for you. Yeah. But five year is the key, right? So it, it it's always looking at one time frame, looking at other times that are put in context, a current price. So uh, an, an extent, it's a double, right? Everything's yeah. up since the October low. We know this, right? The regional bank up 45% until this recent dip. Home builders up 40. But the, so there you have it. it. It's like where you start your narrative, where the meter starts. Looking at this, you'd say extended, hell it is. It's got so much headroom room to run. So it's a little bit of both. And it's no, it's knowing who you are in the market, what your time frames are, and what your objectives are. Um, there's every possibility that this has a lot of room to run, all in the context, something that's just doubled in a matter of 14 weeks and is overdone. And, and there is no answer to that. My hunch is to be long, uh, but be in a small long position, not a large long position. I'm going over my Pinterest page now. It's remark. It's unbelievable. I mean, not that anybody particularly cares, but I got Zach Posen stuff up there. I got a little. There you go. There it is. It just you. Yeah. Thank That's you, the old fat Look at that. Money set. Look at this guy. Oh, wait, let's double yeah. click on that That's one. Guy was an Iron Man. If you guys don't know that, he ran hours a full nineteen. Minutes. All right, but let's let's go back to this. So this is one thing that's it's really interesting. Page, it's a way. great page, Thanks, and we'll put it in the show notes there. Um, so this is a company that has 78% gross margins. Earnings are only expected to grow low teens this current year, high teens um, on sales. They got a good chunk of cash there. So it's got a $27 billion market cap, $2.3 billion in cash, basically no debt. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you look at this and you look at some of the results that we've seen and who knows what they've been doing as far as AI. This is something where AI, generative AI in general, could be very helpful when you think about what people are doing on this platform. This is one when the stock was was very near those lows. I think, guy, you and I bandied about. I know I've done it on OK Computer with Rick, who's still a shareholder, but I've done it with you on the pod. This is one that's like a layup, a layup. And I know where you're going to go with this. We were just talking about PayPal as an acquisition target. And it's probably like a Walmart who wants to better compete, right, in e-commerce with, let's say, an Amazon. Well, to have this sort of footprint across the web and have a platform like this where people are pinning things and they go to commerce and they go to payments and all this sort of does that make sense to you? $40 billion deal makes a lot of sense. And listen, ever since there was an activist got involved, I can't think off the top of my head, but I want to say it was late 22 and we talked about it. Activist gets involved. The stock makes sense on valuation. I think it, it was still Elliot. does. It was Elliot, Elliot right? Yeah, yeah. And here we are. So in the earnings, these things are complete crapshoot. You saw what happened with Snap. I mean, could it happen with Pinterest? I guess. But this is one you want to keep an eye on. And, and the hard part about kind of defining your risk using options is like, just to give you a sense, we talked about a 14% implied move. Okay, so today's Thursday. So Feb 9 expiration, that is tomorrow. The stock, let's call it at 40 and a half. The 40 and a half put is offered at $3.20. Okay, so that's about 8% of the stock price. The 40 and a half call is offered at about $3, okay, from where it is right now. So if you were just going to, and I know what Carter's saying, 
sell it, sell the straddle, right? Mm -hmm. Take in six, seven dollars or whatever, mm -hmm. because the likelihood of it moving over 14% or so is not particularly great. Again, this is a company that could get bought out. You don't want to be short naked calls. The same point I would make is let's say the 40 and a half put, say you sell that at $3 and 10 cents. Well, what if it has a down 30% move like snap just did, which had a very similar market cap, you know, just a couple, uh, you know, a week ago. So that's one of the things about idiosyncratic risk and, and selling naked calls or puts and names. And Carter, you said it, know the names. You know what I mean? It's got to be, it's got to be Disney. It's got to be NVIDIA. Can NVIDIA be bought out? I, will, I, I mean, people say never, never, 100%. I can guarantee 100% odds it can't be bought out. Who the hell is going to buy it, right? God, God, is gonna God, buy God, God has it. anointed the it. Federal so Reserve, the Federal Reserve could buy it. But I mean, right. when you when you do a JP Morgan, who's buying JP Morgan? That's why we did a strangle on JP Morgan. Who's going to buy JP Morgan? Yeah. <laughs> who's going to buy this? So, so forth should, and so on, right? But yeah, this is the ground for butters. Yeah. Why, 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 <laughs> okay. Why, set it why, up. Why, if he does, if he doesn't mind this, I here's the deal. And you already previewed it. But yeah. this is Market Call. It's Thursday. We get a preview of FactSet's Earnings Insight blog that drops every Friday morning. You can have it in your inbox. Mm -hmm. It's from John Butters. It's at insight.factset.com slash subscribe. But again, we get a preview here, guy. And I think this is some really interesting data here. As we get to the tag ends of Q4 earnings season, a lot of analysts, okay, have, you know, re kind of jiggered their estimates, mm -hmm. um, at least for the current quarter and possibly for the full year. Butters has got some data here for us. All right. He's saying the four 12 month PE ratio for the S&P 500 recently surpassed 20 for the first time in nearly two years mm -hmm. at 20.1 on February 6th. The PE ratio was above the five year average, 18.9, the 10 year average, 17.7, the 15 year average at 16.1 and the 20 year average at 15.6 and the 25 year average at 16.4. Now here's one point I just want to make. Those averages, for the most part, at least the ones over the last 10 years, interest rates were much lower. Mm -hmm. So when you think about where interest rates are right now, okay, and you think of this PE at 20, it's also saying something. Guys. Well, Jerome Powell, when asked about valuations when interest rates were zero, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's something that can of, you know, in a zero interest rate environment, valuations don't matter all that much, which is why the five and the 10 year are as elevated as yeah. they are. But even with that, and let's just call the average 16 and a half, 17. Now you can start doing the math. The market is still overpriced in this environment with higher interest rates. So it's just, again, you don't trade on PE alone. It's just one input for sure. You, if you try to short things because they seemed expensive in terms of valuation, that's not a good recipe. That's not a good strategy. With that said, I think you have to be aware of what's going on out there. Yeah. So, Carter, when you think of this, and I know on, on we're charting on Fridays, you've been doing this uh, Factor Fridays, which has actually mm -hmm. been a, a great, uh, the whole different sets of, of factors that you're looking at um, and, and how to think about them um, in the broader context of investing and trading and the like here. When you think about this sort of data set, um, how important is this to you just to be, just to be aware of this? Because sure. also with 20 times earnings at this point, I think a lot of folks are pricing in the potential for cuts this year. We know the CME Fed funds tracker is pricing in obviously that cut a good chance of that coming in May or the first cut in many years of the Fed funds rate. Right. So they're, the key, remember, they're just coming out from two ways. This is a bottoms up uh, approach, which is say this is from analysts who are men and women responsible for knowing a small subset of companies, typically 15 to 20 in a coverage list, maybe more. And then um, determining two things which are very hard, interest rates, 
looking out, and then uh, earnings on a forward basis, and then putting a discount um, to those future earnings. Um, and I will say that if you then take the bottom approach, you get an S&P uh, sort of a PE. But remember, earnings on average, going about the past seven years, have been revised down typically 1% a month. Um, so that in the beginning of every year, when you have so much room to run, you put out very sort of rosy or optimistic or just hopeful or, or generally, you know, uh, upbeat uh, estimates for uh, most companies. And then over time, analysts start to ratchet those numbers down. Now, there are exceptions. Tesla is being ratcheted up, of course. But the uh, the forward P is based on two things that are moving, their earnings, which typically is revised down, and then uh, the the you know the uh, interest rate when you assign multiples uh, is very hard to to guess. But what we do know is that based on all things, if you say setters pairs, all things held equal, the market is not cheap. Could it yep. get more expensive? Sure, but it's not cheap. Yeah, and we spent some time on Butters Data last week talking about um, you know just the technology sectors, um, you know their contribution to the earnings growth that we've seen mm-hmm. in the last couple quarters here, and I. Th- Obviously, this uh, next slide kind of highlights this. Eight of the 11 sectors had higher PE ratios on February 6th compared to their 25-year averages. Led by technology, the energy and utility sectors guy were the only two mm-hmm. sectors with PE ratios below their 25-year average on February. Real estate's the one that probably doesn't have the data to back it up. With that said, it would you'd f- I think if you were bullish or if you are bullish, you'd feel a lot more comfortable if you didn't see the two things driving the market, which is the first ones, technology and consumer discretionary, the things that are driving the market being the most expensive vis-a-vis their average. That has, again, it should be somewhat concerning, especially if things are mean reverting. So it makes sense, energy, it makes sense, I guess, to a certain extent, utilities, financials are sort of nowhere. Um, People want yeah. the beta, and that's what you're saying. Yeah. And the last thing I just want to say about technology is that you know we're seeing job cuts um, in lots of different spots here, and this is something that very reminiscent of what we saw in 2022, as a lot of the tech companies were seeing sales drop off, right? And so they were looking to cut costs. And then we had that inflationary period where, you know, when they're trying to pass through higher input costs, they needed to cut costs at some point. You know, when they're done cutting costs via head count, okay, again, this year, we might see R&D, we might see mm-hmm. enterprise spending go down. And that's how that energy sector starts to decelerate, at least, and then maybe decline year over year, because there's going to be some tough comps. And when you start seeing the tech earnings contribution trail off, and we don't see an inflection in the economy, and I don't know how you could without that, that's when you see... Um, a, a correction in these valuations in these stocks. So that's my two cents there. Um, but we'll get a. That's a great. Listen, you know. the graphics, we can talk about it all you want. When you see it visually like that, I think it speaks volume. Yeah. So, yeah. So check out John Butter's Earnings Insight blog. You can have it to your inbox. You know where to get it. Why there, wouldn't people, you? Right there. Uh, check it out. We always get a preview on Thursdays. All right. That's it, guy. I think we covered a, a lot of ground. show. Carter Worth, you are the man as always. Thanks, you guys. look great. Handsome. Good to be honest. Handsome. Yeah. Very handsome. I mean, the only thing that surpasses your good looks is, is your intelligence and his, his intellect right? what are they intellect. what are they with the expression flattery will get you nowhere well and this <laughs> thank you for it us, all the love out of the show it's i want to thank look thank facts you. at butters if it's thursday i'm gonna just say go ahead dan if it's thursday is butters bitch yes yeah. it is i love doing that yeah. by the way i might drop that in we might. We have to see. We have some people that we have to talk to about before we do by the way you met fans out there um oh, no. and then where the oh, show's no. ended it's crystal freaking clear that they don't want Pete Alonso on that team for whatever reason. 
So enjoy it while it lasts because he's going to be in a Cub uniform before you know it. But that's it. That's we won't it. see you tomorrow because tomorrow's Friday. Although in the near future, we'll probably be doing these on Friday. on Friday. So take a look. And check out all our different um, social media platforms. You can put that slide up because we're all over the freaking place. Guys blowing up. So every morning we're doing a little bit of a preview of what we're going to be talking about on the market call. So that's Guy.Adami on the Insta, Risk Reversal Media on the Insta. I'm Dan's Nathan, Dan S. Nathan. So follow us. We're trying to put some good little clips on there. We're going to actually take some of those clips and we're going to expand on them, Guy. Mm. We're going to double click on them. Is, is so that something that people do? do? That? Yeah. Also, our YouTube channel. It's subscribe well. to it's doing really well yeah. subscribe to youtube check it out why wouldn't you yeah it doesn't cost you anything Nothing. uh enjoy the rest of your day enjoy pinterest nick trade is you know what the knicks are all in this year that's all i have to say and you know what 14 and 2 gotta tell you something the sixers and beads probably done the bucks there's something weird going on in milwaukee yeah. so although they're a threat obviously the knicks have a shot. Get through the Celtics and you never know. When is Randall supposed to be back? I know shoulder, that. three weeks, dislocated shoulder, painful as shit. I was, Chance I told you, I was hurts, at that man. game and I was on that side when he, they were up by like 17. And I know. He goes why up was he still he in the game? Like, why was he in the I game? Know. And why did he go up and do this like finger roll rather than just dunking it on this dude? Can't, and the way he came down on that shoulder, oof. You can't, you, I mean, guys, you're in there, you're playing the game. It, shit happens. Shit happens, guys. Rangers good win last night, as I mentioned. Spring training is a stone's throw away. Should we go down? We should do a risk reversal media trip down to spring train in Tampa. Tim we Seymour to, goes We could year. go to Burns Steakhouse. Wouldn't that be fun Not in Tampa? Really. Have you been? Probably. Have you heard about it? No. Oh. Tampa's a great sports town. It's fine. No, it really is. I, I mean, mean, think of what they've done. The Lightning have been great. I mean, their baseball team has been great. Oh, sports town. Yeah, fine. Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl a few years ago. Good for Tampa Bay. I mean, New York's got shit. What do you think about your boy, Eli? Did you see what he did on the internet, throwing shade over at um, at the GOAT, Tom Brady? He had this no, little video that went viral. Did he? He was like in front of a bunch of guys. He said something. Eli, he can, say, Eli can do he it. He started saying, Tom Brady is the GOAT. And then he goes, psych. But I beat him twice you or did. something like something like that. And it was like a like a no, listen, trying to make a meme. I think listen, you got the Manning brothers are genius. Absolute genius. I mean, those guys, Peyton Manning is brilliant in terms of his his timing. He's fantastic. We met Eli last week. Yeah. At the his brother was there too, Cooper. Oh, was he really? Yeah, I saw Cooper. Well, Eli was cool. Do you remember I yelled across the green room? I said, Did you I said, hey guy. It's Eli Manning. Yeah, uh, as I was talking to him about him, he he's goes, a big bitch. He's got to go six five six six. He thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I have a feeling he's a Fast Money fan. I could just tell. He lives in Jersey. I, he lives in Summit, New Jersey. Yeah, so he's right down the street. Yeah, his okay. kids will probably go to Del Barton at one point. He's got little the Del Barton kids. Oh, they play lax. We were talking about yeah, it. Sure so his kids, oh, play all the, these kids, they play lacrosse. I mean, everybody plays lax. Okay, you know who put Stephen Rafus plays lax. He's probably watching right now. Hello, Stephen. All right, that's it. Man, it's like, please, God, I'm begging you. We'll see you guys on Monday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Audi 5000. Thanks. 